Cornerstone. How you guys doing? All right, second week of our marriage series. Now, last week we had a conversation about what you focus on, you end up magnifying. We encouraged you to spend the next few weeks magnifying the good things about your spouse. And we asked you to take one of these books and just write down every single day for the next uh, 10 days three things that you appreciate about your spouse, and then at the end of that 10 days, to read it to your spouse. And you guys listened so well that we literally ran out of the books in this service. So if you did not get one, we have republished them. They're back on the back table. You can grab one. Or if you're just already doing it on a piece of paper, that's fine too. We just wanted you to know it's available. All right, real quick. How many of you have figured out that men and women think differently? Okay, all of you that didn't raise your hands, you are in for a rude awakening. And because men and women think so differently, here's what you need to know also. Men and women receive love differently. And one of the age-old struggles in marriage has simply been this. If I as a male do what I intuitively think is loving toward my wife, it doesn't land. Matter of fact, there's a possibility that she might even actually be confused or even offended by the way that I intuitively as a male would show her love. Ladies, if you show love to your man the way that is intuitive for you as a female, he's not gonna see it, he's not gonna hear it. And so thus the age-old struggle to say, man, I'm trying 100%, I'm not getting back what I'm giving to this, because men and women receive love differently. Is it possible that the God who created us, who actually wired women to be like they are as women, who wired men to be like they are as men, could actually explain this to us, help us understand how to do this better, and that our marriages would suddenly go to a whole new place because I understand what she's hoping for. I, I get what he wished would happen in our relationship. If I were a person who hasn't figured out God yet, I'm a person who's not too sure how I feel about Jesus, I'm not too sure how I feel about scripture, this, I would be leaning in on this, here's why. Because if I would try this, that scripture says, and if it worked, wouldn't that be a nudge? Wouldn't that be some evidence that says, hey, maybe there really is a God who created me, a God who understands me and knows me, and maybe I better take another look at this. So here we go. We're going to uh, jump into scripture together. We're going to talk about what God says about how to relate to, how to love our spouse. We're gonna to go to the book of Ephesians. If you're not familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible, start working uh, to the left. You're gonna find this book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter five. This is probably the longest passage in scripture that specifically talks about men and women and their roles. It's literally gonna be a job description that says, husbands, if you don't do anything else right within your relationship, do this. It's gonna say to the wives, wives, look, look, look. It's not about how often the house gets, if you don't do anything else right in the relationship, do this for him. 
okay? We're gonna start with the men, okay? Here's why we're gonna start with the men, two reasons. Number one is this, men, if you do what God is about to ask you to do, because how God has built your wife, she can't help but respond. You, you will be touching such precious parts of her life that she will intuitively respond to you because you do it. It's possible for a wife to do what God is gonna command her to do and men, we're so dense, we may miss it. But she'll get it. And guys, we're gonna give you the opportunity to be the guy who goes first. We're gonna give you a chance to be the hero of this relationship. Don't fumble the ball. This is your chance. Here's the second reason we're going with men first. Men think about marriage the way that women think about cars. Let me help you with that. Here, here's how women think about cars. Hey, as long as it looks okay, and as long as it runs and isn't broken down, I'm fine. That's how women think about cars. Men, I'm gonna ask you today to think about your marriage the way that men think about cars. Don't settle for a minivan. Get the Porsche. We're gonna read Ephesians chapter five. Here's what's gonna happen. It's gonna to say to the men three times, do this. If you don't do anything else right in your marriage, men, do this. Here's why this is critical. Anytime scripture repeats itself, it is saying to you and me, this is mission critical. Matter of fact, if you watch the teachings of Jesus, very often he starts by saying, verily, verily, he repeats himself, which is simply, truly, truly, this is a big deal. What does it mean to you that in this passage he's gonna tell men, men do this, and he's gonna tell you and me three times. It is a cannot miss conversation. Ladies, he's gonna do the same thing to you. He's gonna tell you something three times. It's not gonna look that way at first because he uses two things and then he does a third thing. They're all the same. We'll explain that next week, okay? It's how he receives love. Here we go, men. Brace yourselves, watch for it. What does he tell you to do as a husband three times? Ephesians chapter five, starting in verse 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as submit yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the <coughs> of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and they care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are all members of his body. 
For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. You ready? However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect the husband. Men, what did he say to you three times? Oh, my goodness. Men, I highlighted it on the screen. How much he's... Men, what are we supposed to do for our wives? Love them. Love the girl. God says, look, men, 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 if you don't get anything else right, love the girl. Now, right about now, the women are going, wait, 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 wait. I saw those other words that were meant for me. And God, all God says is love somebody as wonderful as me, and then I gotta respect him. Wait till next week, ladies. It'll all get really clear. But here's, ladies, here's what you need to know. This, this is hard for him. Here's why. Because men are born typically emotionally modest. See, most, most females are born physically modest. You, you've been married for 10 years, you get out of the shower, you're still wearing a towel. He gets out of the shower. <laughs> Why? Because he's not physically modest. But what he is, get this, get this, he is emotionally modest, which means men tend to love in installments, not women. When women love, they give their entire heart. When men love, we make installments. Ladies, this is the best way I can explain to you how this works for a male. Think of a female who has been wounded and wounded and wounded time again. And she will decide, I can't give my whole heart anymore, I'm gonna give my love in installments. This is not a brokenness in him. This is how God built him. This is maleness, which is why him giving you his entire heart is a place of absolute trust and honor for him as a male. And it's why God said, men, get this right. Men, here's what you need to know. This is absolutely the deepest longing of her heart that you would love her with all your heart. And did you catch the phrase in scripture that said, men, here's how much you're gonna love her. Love her, love the girl, the way that Jesus loved the church. No, let that sink in. Love her as much as Jesus loved the church. Hey, wait a minute, he died for the church. And that's what God just said to you. Be willing to die for her. And the truth is, if you're gonna truly love her, some things in your life are gonna have to die. Let me see if I can explain. When she was a little girl, what game does she play most often? House. House. Stupidest game. No, I mean, <laughs> it's what all little girls do, right? Right? 
When my sisters uh, were playing house, inevitably they would sneak into my room and they would steal my G.I. Joe. Now this is back in the day when G.I. Joes were real men. Uh, my G.I. Joe was the same size as a Barbie. And they would steal G.I. Joe and take him to play house. I thought to myself, how humiliating for G.I. Joe. He went from being a soldier to being a husband. Often I would go and rescue G.I. Joe just to save his dignity. Why did, she, why did my sisters want the, my G.I. Joe? Because here's what every little girl knows. Home is not complete till there's the man. The man that loves the girl more than anything else in this life. Loves her more than money, loves her more than his career, loves her more than his hobbies. It's not complete till there's the man who gives his whole heart. Here's what you need to know, men. On the day you got married, that fully grown woman walked down that aisle. But inside of her was that little girl. And here was the question she had on that day. Are you the man? Are you the man that's gonna love me more than anything else in this entire world? Here's the struggle. Men, we're linear. So we, we think in steps. So we go, hey, I went to grade school, I got done. I went to junior high, I got done. I went to high school, I got done. Then I went to college. When she agreed to marry us, when we tricked her into, I mean, convinced her to say yes, okay, we got her down the aisle, she married us, and we said, got it done. Time to move on to next. And we started chasing our careers. We started chasing our hobbies. We, we started working on our projects. And here's what her heart said. You lied to me. See, you only loved me for a moment and now you're chasing your mistresses, the other loves of your life. And that's why God said, you're gonna love her like Jesus loved the church because you're gonna kill those things. It's gonna be God first, it's gonna be her second, and those things are gonna be a distant third if you love the girl. She will never feel challenged by those things. She'll never feel in com competition with your career. Love the girl. How many men in the room, you go, you know what? I got that whole loving the girl thing figured out. I know exactly how to love my wife's heart. Don't feel bad. This is a mystery hidden before the foundation of the world. <laughs> We're all trying to figure it out. But I think I can help you a little bit today. Sometime, watch, watch a reality TV series where they're dating. Here's why I said a reality. Don't watch Hallmark because somebody wrote the script. Watch a girl's natural response when she thinks she met the guy. 
And here's what she does. She runs back to her girlfriends, and in order to let them know, I found the most amazing guy, you, the most amazing guy, here's what she says about him. He sees me, and he makes me feel safe. Something no guy has ever said in his life. No guy ever went to his buddy and said, man, it was a perfect first date. Oh, she made me feel so safe. And she saw me. No guy ever, right? This is what's confusing for us. And yet, here's what you need to hear, men. This is exactly how women receive love. He sees me and he makes me feel safe. So we're gonna start with the whole seize me thing. This is, this is that horrible C word that we all struggle with, communication. Because her idea of seeing is this, I told him how I feel. I expressed to him what makes me frustrated. I told him where I feel like I fall short and he saw me. See, we wanna go, oh, I saw her when she walked in the room. No, he saw my heart. He saw my soul. He saw me. This is hard for us as men because communication doesn't come intuitively and naturally for us. Matter of fact, anybody know how many words the average man says in a day? 12 words, you're close, you're close. It's actually nine, no. Average male, 7,000 words. And here's what you need to know. Those 7,000 words were exhausting, ladies. We're done. 7,000, we don't have 7,001. We got 7,000 words. Now, there are men that are exceptions to this rule. They're called car salesmen. But other than that, 7,000 words. Anybody know how many words the average female says in a day? 20,000. She said 7,000 words before breakfast. 20,000, which means this, you ready? His communication tank is about that big. Her communication tank, that big. Here's the good news, men. You don't have to fill that sucker but she has to see you make installments. She has to see it. Man, you ever, you ever had this moment? Uh, you walk in from work, you've used 9,000 words that day. You are sucking wind. I need to sit in front of a TV for like four hours just to get some of my words back. You walk in the door and she starts asking questions. Hey, how was work today? All right. Who did you talk to today? Jeff. <laughs> what did you talk about? And right about this moment when you're going, dude, what is this? Is this 20 questions? Because here's what it feels like. Are you checking up on me? Do you not trust me? Do you think I was having lunch with? What, why all the questions? Men, we missed the moment. Remember, how does she receive love? By being seen, by communication. She, you ready for this, men? And here's what we missed. 
she was actually moving toward you. That, that was a gesture of, hey, I'm, I'm coming to you. And because we don't understand this, we push her away. We go, look, I don't got any words, woman, go away. Right? What you don't understand is in that moment, ready? You didn't just push her back to where she was. You lost part of her heart because she was bringing her heart to you and you pushed it away. So men, here's how we're gonna solve this. From now on, when we go to work, we're only gonna use 5,000 words. <laughs> when you get to 5,000 words, stop talking. Someone comes into your office, says, hey, I just had one question. <laughs> Said all my words, saving them for my wife. You're gonna save some words because the most powerful thing that you can do when you get home is initiate conversation. Hear this, men. You initiating conversation with her, first off, she's gonna pass out. But you initiating conversation with her feels to her the same as when she initiates physical contact with you. That's how deeply it touches her heart when you come home because it fills her tank. So here's what you're gonna do, man. You're gonna come home and you're gonna ask a question. Hey, how was your day? Oh, no. How are the kids? And here's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for her to speak in paragraphs. Let me explain this. When men speak, we speak in sentences and grunts. Women, when they speak, speak in paragraphs and chapters. <laughs> think, of, think of two couples. They used to be really good friends. One of them moved away for a job. Now they're having dinner together, okay? The men, here's how the male conversation goes. Hey, how have you been? Oh, man, I've been great. How's work? Well, you know, it's work. How are the kids? Well, I want to strangle the youngest one. They just caught up in five years, right? We're good, we're good. The women at the table. Hey, how's your life? They're talking over each other, right? But here's, they're filling each other's emotional tank. That's what they're doing. Men speak in sentences, women speak in paragraphs and chapters. So when you ask her, hey, how's it going? The minute you get a paragraph, you just hit the note. And once you get that first paragraph, you're gonna ask her this question. So what are you thinking about that? If you're really courageous, ask her how she feels about that. You'll get a book. <laughs> and then men, brace yourselves, because once you open up the communication, she's gonna reciprocate by asking you questions. And when she does that, you cannot answer with one sentence. You and I are gonna stretch ourselves to the limit. We're gonna answer with three sentences, okay? She's gonna see us engaging beyond what is normally comfortable for him, right? She's gonna see us engaging. Here's the second thing. In the midst of the conversation, don't try to fix the problem. Don't try to fix it. The vast, vast majority of time when our wives are sharing with us, they're not necessarily asking us to fix something. Sometimes they are, sometimes they are. This is the mystery of womanhood. 
But don't start off trying to fix it because it's very likely what she really wants you to do is simply hear it. I got a video that maybe will help with this. It's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop would... trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, Ow. if you would just- Don't! Men, did you hear who laughed the loudest at that video? Because she, 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 she knows this is true. She knows there's moments. I, I don't want your suggestion. I'm not asking you to fix it. Men, there's a good chance she's already got a solution. Her solution may even be better than your solution. What she's asking for in that moment is to be heard and to be seen. Can I tell you what's going on in me so that you see me? So here's what Lisa and I have learned to do in our lives. When we start a conversation like that, we literally stop and one of us asks the other, hey, wait, wait, wait. Are you asking for my advice right now? Are you asking me to help you fix this? Or are you just wanting to vent? And can I tell you that Lisa's in my conversation has gotten to a place where there's moments I go, Lisa, I, didn't, I don't want, I, I just want to vent. I just want to be seen by you right now. I want to tell you that that jerk at the office makes me want to punch him in the throat. That's what I'm telling you. Are you asking me to fix? Do you just want me to listen? Is she seen? It's how she receives love. So men, here's what you're gonna do. Sometime today, you're gonna sit down with your wife and you're gonna say, please be honest with me. If you were rating our communication on a scale of one to five, tell me the grade. And ladies, I'm gonna ask you in that moment to be honest. He needs to hear this. He needs to know where we stand right now, okay? And then men, based on what she tells you, because none of us are getting a five, begin to work on it. It's how she receives love. Is she seen? The second thing. Remember the second thing that young lady said to her friends? He makes me feel safe. Guys, I'm just telling you, this is a big, big deal. Matter of fact, one of your commissions from God toward her is protection. I, I am, I'm gonna be the one. If danger comes, if problems come, I will stand between the problem and you. That is my assignment. I will protect. 
Men, why do we open doors for women? Isn't that weird? Why do we open doors for women? She's got two arms. Why are you opening doors for women? Or is it that she can't use those arms, so every time she goes shopping, she's like <laughs> trying to open the door? No, she's fully capable. You realize when we do that, it's an unspoken promise between you and her. I will always use my strength to bless you. I will use my strength to your benefit because I will always stand between you and the problem. It's protection. It's protection physically. I will protect you. That's why, you ready for this? That's why when a man raises his hand against his wife, it is an absolute violation of your role as a man. Turn in your man card if you ever strike your wife. It's not what a man does because your solemn vow to her is, I will always use my strength to bless you and never to harm you. I don't care if she hits you first. She can't hurt you. Take it, but don't you ever raise your hand to her. The second is, I will protect you with my words, which means, men, don't ever, 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 ever use your words to wound her heart. I don't care. I don't care how much she's going off on you. I don't care how excited she's gotten. I don't care how hurtful the words she is saying to you are. Be the man. I will never, never, never use my strength to ever cause you harm which is why you never say the words back. You sit there in calmness, you sit there in restraint, and you take it like a man. You've heard the saying that says, hey, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Stupidest saying ever. Bring on the sticks and stones. I can heal from sticks and stones. I will wear scars forever from your words. Some of you have heard me tell the story about when I was in sixth grade, I got to class a little bit early, the door was still locked. There were a couple of boys standing out there waiting to go into the class with me. I don't know why, I don't know what happened, I don't know what turned the moment, but they began to call me horrible names. Horrible names. I, I tried to defend myself, but there were four of them. Can I tell you that to this day, I can recite to you the words they said to me that day? Sixth grade. I ran home from school. When my mom got home that day, I said to my mom, I'm never going back to school again. She did that horrible mom thing. She took me to school the next day. They called in the four boys. We met with the principal. Six years later, somebody came to me and said, one of those boys, we'll just call him Jeff. Hey, one of those boys, Jeff, gave his heart to Jesus Christ. He is an unbelievable, sold-out follower of Jesus. And you know what my heart said? Not a chance. Not that guy. Not the guy who could wound me so deeply could ever be a follower of my Jesus. Men, her heart is more tender than your heart. You use your words to wound her. You will leave a scar there. You may win the argument in the moment, but you will set your relationship back years. It's why a real man says, I will never lift my words to harm you. I will always use my strength 
to bless you. It's my physical, it's my words, it's my eyes. Men, here's what she knows. She knows that you and I are physically attracted by sight. So when we're sitting together in a booth in the restaurant and that woman comes walking by wearing half as much clothes as she ought to be wearing and you lock on, I cannot tell you the wound that you give to her heart. It says to her, you're not safe with me because I, here, you wanna hear the stupid, we go, I'm just shopping, I ain't buying. Just checking out the menu, not ordering. What you said to her is, I'm looking at what's sleeker and younger and newer. And my eyes are wondering. And men, you and I need to learn the three-second rule. Here's the three-second rule. One, two, three. <laughs> You're safe with me. You're safe with me, and I will protect your heart. It's protect and then pursue. Man, let me, your wife's favorite game, catch me. It's her favorite game. Matter of fact, that's how you won her in the first place. When you were pursuing her, when you were chasing her, there was something about your pursuit that filled her heart. It communicated to her love. But remember, we got, we got to that moment of marriage and we went, okay, well, I don't gotta date the girl anymore. I'm done chasing her. And when we shut down, we shut down part of her because her favorite game is catch me. Men, think about it this way. If your eight-year-old son came to you and said, hey, dad, let's go out in the yard and play catch together, there is no chance you would say to your son, dude, I ain't playing catch with you. You learned how to catch when you were seven. Because you know that games of catch are more than games of catch. That while you're out there throwing the ball with your son, you're talking about life. You're talking about what it means to grow up and be a man. You're talking about how to solve problems. See, catch is more than catch. And her favorite game, catch me, is more than a game. It thrills her heart. So men, here's what I'm gonna encourage you. I'm gonna encourage you that you establish a date night every single week. Every week you go chase her. You date her again. And I know some of the young couples in the room, you're going, man, you don't understand. You don't understand how much babysitting is and how expensive that is. Men, solve that. You want to solve a problem? Solve that. Figure out how. I don't care if you pay the babysitter and then you guys just go sit in the park and eat grass. I don't care. Just date her. Spend time with her. Find a couple and say, hey, we'll watch the kids on Tuesday night and then you watch our kids on Wednesday night so we can both go out on dates. Do you ever wonder why we say, go join small groups, go join small churches? You ever wonder why we ask you? Free babysitting. Make some friends. Trade off. But man... Her favorite game is catch the girl. Keep dating her. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sit down and ask her honestly, hey, how are we doing on communication? We're, we're gonna initiate conversations with her. 
we're going to say to her, and my strength will never be used against you. And we're going to date the girl. It's how she receives love. And God said to us men, if you don't ever do anything else right, love the girl. Keep the promise you made to her heart when she walked down that aisle. Love the girl. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, man, we, this is just not intuitive for us as males. It, it's, it's not how we receive and therefore it's strange for it to be the way that we give. God, my prayer today is that the men of Cornerstone would step into this commission, that they would take seriously that you said to us, if you don't do anything else right in your life, love the Lord your God, love the girl. This I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for leaning in this weekend. I know the conversation can get a little tough sometimes when we're talking about the baggage that we sometimes carry, but I love that you are here and that you're choosing to better your marriage. If there's anything that you would love prayer for today, text prayer to 21999. We'd love to come alongside you and support you and pray with you. Hope you have a great day and awesome week, and we'll see you next time for week three. Yeah.